Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then move my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. My guests today and tomorrow in honor of Father's Day, two of the greatest men and mentors I've been blessed to call dad. My father-in-law's story goes deep. The youngest of 12 children being raised on a family farm, deep as in his faith. His journey to chairman of the board of Navajo's Construction, the largest construction company in Arkansas, and with offices now in multiple states, I do like to brag, all started in Conway, Arkansas. I call him Dad Nab. Please welcome to In a Mississippi Minute, Charles Navos. Hello, Dad. Hey, Dave. How you doing? I appreciate that <laughs> fine introduction there. <laughs> You've been listening to the show, so uh, I like to... Uh, I like to get everybody all fired up, and uh, and so yeah, you you were very very important that I get that right. How you feeling this morning? Well, I, I'm doing great, and uh, I really enjoyed what I listened to your shows. I got it on podcast now, and I'm just about caught up with uh, with with the current uh, celebrities, and I'm just honored that you would uh, want to interview me today, and especially a period around Father's Day. So I'm I'm just honored to part of this show and look forward to uh visiting with you yeah i'm re- I'm looking forward to it all right cause, so tell me this now, would you rather hear me talk or sing I, I need to know that because i'm scared to death that everybody's wanting to go oh, i love your radio show now heck with your songs <laughs> <laughs> i love your radio show but i'd rather hear you sing steve you're okay. my favorite artist and i say that with all sincerity <laughs> and and as you well know many times you've you've uh, uh every time you came to our house you brought your guitar and first time you brought uh, Gwen in and had a date with Gwen, had your guitar, and I heard your songs. I fell in love with your songs and fell in love with you, and, and, and to this date, I, I just can't uh, wait to listen to any new songs that you have and listen to the old ones as well, and, and you're just a wonderful uh, person, and great to have you. Oh, so, I love uh, you so much. I love you. you now, let me... Inspiration, made an inspiration in my life and my wife's life, and, and uh, I can't, uh, couldn't have asked for a better son-in-law. Uh, I love it. I, I love it. Enjoy it. And enjoy our visit, enjoy our trips, enjoy our golf experiences together as we as we go through life. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Dan. I, I love you too, buddy. I appreciate that. All right, let's talk about your record prowess. Uh, I was trying to have my first hit, and there was I don't have to be me on Monday, and there was uh, you listening and going like, oh my gosh. I won't give it all away, but you started to sort of talk about how you wanted to be somebody else on the weekends, and you could totally understand that song, and that's something. And then there was Sunshine, which 
Uh, you uh, saw us play at CMA Music Fest at a charity event for our foundation at BB uh, uh, King's. And I remember you uh, in the back of the room coming up after the show and you go, I was in the back of the room and that song to- totally took me. I, I got to know uh, where you learned how to be uh, a truly great A&R guy, a lot better than most of the ones I ever dealt with. <laughs> Well, on Monday, when you when you first sang uh, that song in our uh, at your uh, place in uh, Nashville, uh, it resonated with me because uh, I can remember the times when uh, I'd be working, and particularly when I was single, and and uh, I look forward to the weekend, and then Friday afternoon we'd come by and uh, be thinking about all the things that I wanted to do that this weekend, and get out in the car and drive around and. And have a date and do whatever we had to do. And 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 uh, when you said uh, I don't have to be me till Monday, it resonated so much with uh, with what I had uh, my life and what I had, uh, was living at the time. And that song really crazy. really did resonate with me in my in my in my life. And then uh, yeah, on on the sunshine, uh, we were at the BB King uh, place in uh, Nashville, and uh, Bo Thomas, a dear friend of mine, who's a development officer at Belmont uh, University, right. and uh, his good friend Bob Fisher was a president and uh we were sitting way but way in the back and you were singing your normal songs and then uh right in the middle of our conversation and i heard this beautiful song and i looked up and you were singing it and i told bo i said bo uh, i've never heard steve sing that song before that's a beautiful song it's just it just had a rhythm about it and a story about it and the sincerity of your uh uh, the words just fell all over me, and I said, "That's that's got to be a hit." I don't know. Uh, he usually <laughs> runs songs by me just for fun, <laughs> you know, just by accident. I'd hear most of the songs that, that right after you wrote them, and and I'd never heard this one before. And I told Bo, I said, "Bo, that is beautiful." Wow. We stopped talking and listened to the rest of it, and and then boom right into the song, and, and it just it just went from there. So you tell me how it, where it went from there. Yeah, well, it did all right. Okay, so we got all that out of our way now. You are you know, I think you're a lot better record guy, first of all. Let's dig back into the past. The youngest of 12. I said that, everybody. The youngest of 12. So take me through a day of five, six, seven, eight-year-old uh, Charles Nabbles. Yeah, we have beautiful memories. Uh, 12 kids in our family, six boys and six girls. I was the youngest of 12. People, when they hear that, they say, oh, you must have been spoiled. And I, my comment was, and this is really true, in our family, we had what you call the oldest person that, that around was a boss. And if it was my dad there, he was a boss. If it was my mom there, she was a boss. <laughs> and if they weren't there, my older brothers or sisters, whichever one was the oldest, pretty much was a boss. So whenever there were chores to be done uh, and somebody said, well, I'll just I'll just hand this down to the next one in line. And when it got down to me, there was nobody else for me to hand it down to. So in that respect, I got to do all the work. I we laugh about that. We talk about it at family gatherings. But uh, to a certain extent, everybody had chores to do. And, and I can remember when I was five, six years old, we started milking cows. And this was the old-fashioned way by hand. And it was something that uh, I did every day, every morning and every night uh, from the time I was six years old to the time I was 18 years old and out of high school. We, yeah, we, we, we didn't have in, indoor plumbing. And, and we had on Saturdays in the summertime, we'd put a a wash tub, a number three wash tub, filled it full of water and hoped the sun would get it warm enough by late in the afternoon for us to share that water and take wow. a bath. And in the wintertime, we, we, we had to heat the water up and put the tub in the kitchen and, and put a little curtain around to have a little bit of privacy so we'd, we uh, take water out of, the, out of the kitchen stove and warm water. And several of us had to share the same bath water. And, and uh, 
and we had chores to do. We had to uh, just a small farm. My daddy was and mama were trying to raise twelve kids on a small farm, and we had cotton was our cash crop. And if we had twenty or thirty acres of cotton, that was a big crop. And our livelihood depended on whether or not we had a good cotton crop because uh, that's that was cash. That was the only cash we had, except for occasionally selling some hogs or chickens or or beef cows uh, occasionally if we need cash but uh, cotton was the main was so the main you basically so let you, you lived off the land yeah. other than that <laughs> i mean like you yeah, made your own butter big, you had your milk big you, big big gardens and and uh, yeah we raised all of our own food and so anyway it was a typical farmer's uh, farmer boy's life and and uh, looking up growing back uh, or looking back uh, i really feel like my character and my personality and it was formed uh, uh, working together with my brothers and sisters and all the other farmers in the area as I was growing up and got older and, and learned how to uh, learn the respect uh, uh, of other people and the trust and the, and the uh, dependency we had on each other to get by and, and uh, I think that farm life helped me in my business life because uh, a lot of the qualities and a lot of the uh, work ethic and the uh, cooperation that we had on the on farm uh, certainly helped me in my professional life. You know, so, uh, I noticed with working with the Mighty Mississippi and working with you know our partner Jason Vertizzi and and Jamie Merle and the guys that that help us. There, it's the farm community, and there's no procrastination. I guess that's the best way to explain uh, their ability to just do things when there's problems. They just there's not a lot of griping. There's just there's no griping. There's you know a little scratch of the head, and all of a sudden, boom, they're going. And it's amazing to me, and obviously something that I was raised around with people that I spent a lot of time with in my life uh, around the farms, but I never understood it until I really talked to you about it. And then coming back home all, after all this time and working with them hand in hand and how they work. I mean, I just think that it's sort of in a, in a farmer's nature to be that guy. And I just think that, like you said, it it really helped mold you. Now, tell me the stories of like some of your greatest memories going to town. Uh, you know, what was the highlights and, and sort of the reward for working that hard during the week? Well, uh, we always had something to look forward to. In my world vision of entertainment was, uh, are we going to get to go to the show on Saturday night? <laughs> And my dad would, would may or may not take us, depending on what was going on. And then uh, I really enjoyed country music. I would look forward to coming home from the fields at noon and, and listening to Eddie Arnold on the radio. Yeah. I had a little country station, and we'd hear people talking about going to Nashville and going to the Grand Ole Opry. And I thought, man, if I could ever go to the Grand Ole Opry, that would, that would be something. And then one day, my son-in-law gets to play on the Grand Ole Opry yeah, like there. I, so I, that was a, that was a dream. For I Phil. think like seventy times. I mean, I don't even remember. I can't quit counting. <laughs> and and always a very unique experience. And I, I was a little bit of the devil child there for people like Porter Wagner. There were some stories where they got a little upset because I'd break into Flatlands, <laughs> and, and and they would go, oh, "I thought we were at the Grand Ole Opry," <laughs> but the crowd loved it, so I didn't care what Porter thought. I'm Steve Azar. We're with my father-in-law. Really, my dad, uh, Charles Napples. I call him Dad Nab. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. Happy Father's Day. Everybody needs a little sunshine. Yeah, you're my sunshine. Cause like the dawn, you push it all away.
When breaking news affects you in Mississippi, you'll hear it first right here. News Mississippi. Trusted. Experienced. And on top of the stories that matter to you. News Mississippi. Keeping you informed on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are back in a Mississippi Minute. All 60 of them. I'm with my father-in-law, my dad, Nab, I call him. So you guys can call him Dad Nab. Uh, He is uh, in Conway, Arkansas right now, where he was born and raised, and where their headquarters for Nab Holes Construction sits. Uh, Done amazing work, continues to do it. The company gets bigger and bigger, and I'm so proud, and I love to brag about about all the work you've done. I want to talk about some of that in a little bit, but let's get back to uh, the love and stuff that you still in that really sort of your memories of growing up on the farm. Uh, You talked about playing guitar. I need to understand uh, why haven't I seen you break it out more? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it never went very far, but it's an interesting story. Uh, I fell in love with uh, country music. My older brother loved country music and he sang and he knew the words most every song at the time and uh, so we decided that we could buy a series and robot guitar if we saved up enough money and so uh, we saved up some money and and uh, ordered the guitar so while we were waiting on the guitar to come he had a bad accident and, and, and actually cut off his finger on his left hand so that sort of eliminated him from playing the guitar and, and it was kind of a sad certainly sad but then we look back and we laugh about it and then the other brother my older brother uh he wasn't quite as interested in playing the guitar, so when the guitar finally came, I was the only one that would try to play it. And I could pick hmm. out a few chords, and I'd sit around the, my kitchen table at night, and my mom would patiently listen to me, and I'd sing, play the guitar, and, and real basically, but I never could get my fingers with enough calluses on them to where I could play for long periods of time, and it was one of those strings that was pretty had some depth between the string and the, oh, yeah. and the board and, and I I, I kind of you know I thought I did was learn a few, few basic chords and, and uh, but my mama thought I was really great and oh, I love it. it that was the extent of my guitar playing so when well, you started bringing your, your guitar around I'd try to play a few <laughs> of those chords but as well, you well know I didn't go very far it was a lot my guitars can play themselves because back in the days <laughs> of Sears Roebuck I, I remember trying to pl- grabbing one as a kid and you couldn't push the strings down it was impossible so oh you were, gosh, you know, just, it was really difficult. So I remember I learned on a gut string guitar. Now, the deal was the neck was wider, but the strings uh-huh. were plastic, you know, and they basically gut and they just laid against the the, against the fretboard. So they were so easy. Now, my stri- my hands were big, so I was able to stretch uh, without a problem. And still to this day. I use fat, big strings, and also it's a bigger sound. So I've always sort of loved that. We're talking to Charles. I have to get you to have to get you to give me some lessons. Maybe maybe I can pick it up again in my old age. Oh yeah, you dang right you can. You're just getting started. I'm talking to Charles Nabholz, my father-in-law. Oh, so Dad Nab. So tell me this: you you become a teenager. Was it ever in your mind you sort of clear a clear cut in your mind that you wanted to deal with real estate and development and all that? At what point did all that sort of start taking shape and, and really starting to, to to matter in your life? When I was in the uh, ninth grade, I guess, my brother, uh, Bob Napoles, started this business. He was a World War II veteran, came back and sort of by accident got into the construction business by building a couple of houses. And so when he did that, and of course I was living on the farm and it's hard work and I never never dreamed that I'd want to be a farmer. 
uh, ever since my brother started this business, I just envisioned working uh, in the construction business. And uh, my dad was a real good carpenter, a farmer carpenter, and we all kind of grew up with a hammer and saw in our hand and knew a little bit about construction. So also I was interested in making some money and had no interest in going to college. My father couldn't afford it, and it was just not in my my vision at the time. And my brother was kind of looking forward to me coming to work for him uh, because I had worked a little bit during my junior and senior year, and and I guess he assumed that that's what I wanted to do, and I assumed that that's what he wanted me to do. And and my dad said, uh, I want to put in another cotton crop, and would you stay in the fall this is after i graduated from high school and uh, and he gave me a cow and three acres of land and uh and the cotton and hmm. i said yeah i'll take that deal that's the best deal my dad ever offered yeah. <laughs> and uh so about the middle of the summer the cotton crop burned up it was so hot and dry and he said well i'll tell you what i'll relieve you from your obligation and, and i'll take that three acres of cotton back and if you want to go to town and go to work for your brothers said uh, that that would be fine with me and i said uh does that mean I don't have to milk those two cows that we still had? We still had two cows left, and yeah. I was milking them every morning and every night. And I said, does that mean I don't have to milk those two cows anymore? He said, yeah, I'll take care of that, too. So that was the best day of my life. Oh, I parked wow. my daddy's car, and I drove into town and walked to my brother's office and said, I'm ready to go to work. I love <laughs> so, it. So uh, as it finally shook out, there was four of us brothers that ended up being partners together. Uh, to this day, our families, uh, the four right. brothers' families, have a partnership in our real estate department. And as you will know, Greg runs that now. And I've, I've been involved in the construction side for the last, uh, uh, you know, many years. Starting and then had a little career path change and then ended up being chairman of the board for 15 years. And I am, I am chairman emeritus. Emeritus is a Latin word that means... Uh, it's all over. You're out of here. You're gone. Yeah. But in reality, in reality, I'm yeah, still here. Whatever. In office now. <laughs> they I, can't close the deal I, without I you. Like I'm working. <laughs> all I know is they bring you in to, to take care of business, and I've never seen a guy that's been supposedly been mostly retired work harder. Then you're always gone. You're always still working, but you do get a chance to play more golf now and enjoy being with Mama Nab and all that. Uh, Greg, by the way, everybody is is. Uh, Dad Nab's oldest son. He's our, my brother-in-law. He's a great, great guy. Works really hard. Uh, loves the arts and promotes them, and and uh, loves building communities back to sort of their original state, but with a modern twist. You know, just really loves gravitating toward what made your town special, and just reinventing it. And you have two other wonderful daughters, Sarah and Camilla, and they're in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yes, I my Mississippi friends. I have to tell you that. The entire family are Razorbacks, and they can call the hogs. And thank goodness my wife doesn't skew. She doesn't get into it like the rest of you guys. But okay, sorry. Right, let's get back. You mentioned something when you you sort of took a trip. You took the kids, all of them. You packed up, and you sold your house, and you moved to California, Mission Viejo. It's uh, great to share. As, as I told you, uh, I went to work right out of high school for uh, my brother, and that was in 1954. And I progressed up through the ranks of the company and, and got, got enough experience to sort of manage the company directly under my Bob, and we were growing. And, and by 1979, I'd already had that many years under my belt, and uh, construction's hard business. It's kind of like farming. It's, it, you depend on the weather so much, and there were things about the business that uh, were great. Obviously, we were succeeding, and everything was going well, And but I had this idea that maybe there was something else in my life that I could do 
uh, that I would enjoy doing because I always fantasized, you know, grass is always green on the other side of the fence. You think, well, I, I could do that. I could do this. But I was sort of locked in to my brothers. We had a partnership, and I had three other brothers. We all uh, felt like uh, didn't know whether I had a choice to make a change in my career. And so I finally discussed this with my brother and said, look, I, I've got some feelings. I want to do something besides this. And a friend of mine in California found out about the possibility that I was leaving my family business here. And said, why don't you come out to California and go in the real estate business with me? And thought initially he was joking about it, and, and but he kept calling back and said, and somebody I knew that trusted, he was from Arkansas and a good, dear friend of mine. And he said, no, I said, I'm out here by myself, and with your construction experience, I think we could make a pretty good team. Well, to make a long story short, I took a visit out to California, found out that the ideal weather out there happens about 320 days out of the year right and uh i had been fighting a pretty hard winter in the construction business and and everything appealed to me and i guess the time is right and i called back i called charlotte and i said charlotte how would you like to move to california and of course she was promised she'd go go with me anywhere in the world and and we talked about it and prayed about it and decided this might be a wonderful opportunity to see what life is like outside the company business outside a small town of Conway, Arkansas, and uh, had an opportunity that may not come by again. And uh, I took my buddy's uh, invitation up, and we packed up, and we moved to California amidst a lot of controversy. People wonder why in the world you were leaving a place like where you grew up and all that. But it was a it was sort of a whim, but at the same time, I just felt uh, the opportunity to do something different might be uh might not ever come again, so we we moved to uh, Orange County, California. Ironically enough, years. which is where our son goes to, your grandson goes to college, right. graduating at now. Chapman University. Right, and, crazy. Uh, anyway, the real estate business was good for me. The experience of learning that in, in a two-year period of time. We got a little homesick, and we found out that uh, we could buy our house back that we had sold uh, <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs> when we moved to California, and and the appeal of. Uh, Coming back, uh, drew, something drew us back to Arkansas and came back to uh, the family business and uh, and then picked up sort of a little bit where I left off. Started the real estate business, and which Greg is in charge of now, and then, and then uh, still had a, an interest in our construction side, and that's where I've spent the last uh, 20 years primarily. Uh, you are in a Mississippi minute, but before we go, Dad Nab, you get to play DJ. I love this part. You know. Arkansas has got some great acts. Levon Helm, Johnny Cash, Charlie Rich. We can go on and on. We know that. But Mississippi is the birthplace of American music, and, you know, I like to boast about that. So you get to play DJ. Do you want a little Conway Twitty or Charlie Pride? I'm making it difficult on you. Well, you know, I'm normally would say Steve Azar, but since (laughs) uh, so many people think that Conway Twitty is from Conway, Arkansas, and I have to straighten people out a lot because everybody – don't know how that name came about, but I do, and and uh, so well, let's little here, here a little Conway. You know, even John Daly said that. You're right. That's We're, right. I, I was listening when you <laughs> interviewed him, and I said, "Oh, John, you're wrong." I <laughs> had to correct him. We both did. I'm Steve Azar. We're with Charles Naples, my father-in-law. Happy Father's Day weekend to everybody. You're in Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. Good things with Rebecca Turner. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices.
Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are in a Mississippi Minute with one of my two favorite people in the world, my father-in-law on Father Day weekend extravaganza, Charles Navholz. He's in Conway, Arkansas. To me, the biggest thrill when I get to talk about the ethics and your faith uh, behind just just it's amazing but i love to brag about you, three of your sisters being nuns one a missionary nun in india for what 40 years uh right. one president of the sisters of charity right uh, of the whole order right uh yes. so and sister emily so sister Teresa, sister emily and sister elizabeth who just recently passed away and i was so blessed to be at the funeral it was an amazing thing i felt like i didn't belong in that room with all those amazing uh people who served their lives uh what was it like growing up um religious royalty well it really spiritual was royalty. And, and, and as a kid i was probably uh don't remember when my older sister she was the second oldest in the family sister elizabeth decided to join the school sisters of notre dame they were the same order of teachers that taught us at St. Joseph School in Conway, and so she was influenced by by being around them for 12 years in school, and she had made up her mind she wanted to be just like them and had no question about having the vocation, and she joined the order. So she left before I could remember. I was probably five years old, four or five years old. So she came back after five years, and by that time I was, uh, well, I think she came back when I was about six or seven, and and of course, seeing, with the full habit and so forth, and and seeing her around the family, and and everybody was talking about, you know, sister, your sister Emily, your sister Elizabeth, and so it was it was really kind of uh, weird to be in sort of full of pride to know that I was the brother of a sister, uh, a religious sister, and then later on, my two other sisters, uh, Emily and Trace Rose, who were more my age, there was kind of like two sets in this family of twelve, and. There was a younger set and there was an older set. Well, Sister Elizabeth was in the older set and, and wasn't around them as much as I was the younger set. But Sister Emily and Sister Teresa Rose both decided to go into the uh, order of the Sisters of Charity of Nazareth, which are uh, they were hospital uh, and school uh, advocates. And they had uh, St. Vincent's Hospital in Arkansas was one of the large hospitals that they, that they ran. And... They went to nurses training first, and they decided after they were nurses training, they were working at St. Vincent's Hospital that they both had vocations. Emily went first, and then a few years later, uh, Teresa Rose went. And then she decided that even though she thought as a little girl that she wanted to be a missionary in India, she never raised her hand and, and uh, wanted to you know, say, I want to go to India after she joined this order. But as luck would happen, she was selected to go there. And... Uh, the early 60s and she spent 40 years in india working with the uh, uh with that uh, with their order there and and it was wonderful charlotte and i had made a trip to india in 1983 and it was wonderful to see the the great work they were doing there in hospitals and in in education sister uh elizabeth uh the oldest one uh, spent uh 30 years in japan uh, in okinawa as a she taught english in the uh, english-speaking schools there and so she was also missionaries. And then Sister Emily, uh, the first year that the Sisters of Charity of Nazareth decided to have an election uh, to have a president uh, as opposed to Mother Superior uh, run the organization, they opened it up and had some nominees. And 
my sister was voted to she was the first president of the Sisters of Charity of Nazareth. And so she she wow. did a five year hitch as a as that we called her that's that's about the time when Top Gun was a was a favorite movie of ours and and uh, so we called her her we called her our top nun. So <laughs> I love that nickname. <laughs> I love <laughs> it was it. wonderful growing up in a family and, and my mom and dad were so proud and of course my older brothers one by one married and I'm sure my mom and dad were praying hard for a priest in the family, and there was none, none there, none showing up, and I was the last, uh, last op- option, I guess, <laughs> the last opportunity, and and I was uh, working, still single, and I think my mom and dad prayed, and they decided that when I got about 24, 25, that I was probably that wasn't going to happen. Well, you had a so boat, started, and you could fly a plane. You had your own plane. All right. So, and then it brings me to your love, love of the water, and having a boat. And is that how you met uh, Mama Nab? Is uh, she was engaged? Yeah, when I was single, when I was single, my brother and I shared a ski boat, and then uh, uh, he was married and had a family, and so I had most of the opportunity to use the boat and spend a lot of time on. Lake uh, Beaver Fork, which is right out of here, in front, about three miles from town, and I could I could be off work at five five thirty, and I could be on the lake in th- within fifteen minutes. And a buddy of mine and I spent a lot of time uh, the last three summers before I got married, and and then uh, lo and behold, one day this beautiful girl showed up at the lake at this guy's house that I had built, and and we were hanging out out there, and. And uh, she was with another guy, and uh, I thought, well, this is really a... And I, I, I dated a lot of girls from the time I was out of high school to so, so the time I met Charlotte, and but never had met anybody I felt like I could spend the rest of my life with, right. so I was still single. And, and this girl uh, was with another guy. Did you hit him? We talked all afternoon. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you hit him? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't know what their relationship was until <laughs> I found out later that he was trying to get me a date with one of her roommates, and then we were going to double date. And, and that didn't work out because I was busy. A couple of weeks later, I ran into him at a football game, and I said, well, how, how's that beautiful girl you brought to Conway? And he, he he went into this sad story about how she told him that she was not interested in dating him anymore <laughs> just because that she they didn't have they just weren't seeing eye to eye. And she didn't want to waste his time. He said, I was so mad. He said, you know, I got to thinking about that. And I said, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, that's, that was real smart of her because, uh, you know, I've dated girls that I didn't call back. And but he, she just wanted to let me know that she didn't think there was any future with me. And he went on about that. And then finally he said, uh, why don't you call her? He said, I think you ought to get along real good. Come on. <laughs> I said, are you, are you serious? And he said, no, I'm serious. And what I a said, friend. So he gave me her phone number. And so I called her up and she remembered our afternoon together that we spent just talking. And, and uh, so huh. that was after our first date. And of course, I had been praying. My mom had been praying since I wasn't going to be a priest, that I, we prayed that I'd have a, find somebody that I could that I knew that I could fall in love with. And like I said, I had dated quite a few people, and that the love was not there. You know, right. Mike was there, but the love You're wasn't. You're picky. So You're very picky. I wanted to know when. I said, Lord, let me know when. <laughs> and so when I dated Charlotte the first date, I said, I'm, I'm feeling something I've never felt before. <laughs> right, right. I know, I know. I know, I, I know. I think our my prayers were answered and a year a year later we were married that was pretty quick like uh gwen and i same thing met boom 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 and and all of a sudden you were having weddings and grandchildren and all that and you're going probably going like what the heck we're with charles nabholes okay so for 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 people that that wonder what you build 
first of all, you big build college campuses and big buildings and hospitals and all that. But I want to go into Crystal Bridges Museum. It's the first or last museum that's been built for you built it for the Waltons. Uh, if anybody hasn't been there yet uh, in Northwest Arkansas, it's something to see, something to behold. It's mind boggling and it's a beautiful structure. Uh, can you tell me? Is that one of your greatest joys of, of building? Because yeah, it, it has probably one of our one of our landmark projects that we would put on our resume, and it is an outstanding. It's a worldwide uh, worldwide museum, and it started out. Alice Walton, one of the Walton uh, family members, uh, she she lived in Fort Worth, and then she decided that she wanted to do something on her family farm where she grew up. It was a small place in Bentonville, Arkansas. Everybody knows about Walmart, and but there was a little creek running through the property and and uh, called crystal creek and and uh, so she had this vision of a, a building a museum and and uh, it just kind of grew and grew and and we have an office in rogers arkansas and we also have a one of our divisions does uh, road work and a lot of excavating and, and we're good at it and but we had no previous uh, major uh, museum experience but we have, there was a contractor in texas that we knew about that built uh, i think the bush uh, museum and uh, one of the museums in uh, fort worth so five-year building process and it ended up being an outstanding beautiful museum and she's brought artwork from all over the world and oh yeah it was uh, there was a lot of doubt in 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 the museum industry that uh, anybody could make that type of museum successful in in arkansas and and she not only built this, but it, uh, there's no charges for anybody going through. And the, the family foundation is, uh, supports the maintenance and the uh, and allows uh, the children and uh, people to come for free. And uh, you've amazing. heard about it and others, yeah. I'm sure. Well, we've been there. Sort of Travel you know. to Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, certainly, it's a landmark uh, museum, and it's a wonderful gift that uh, Alice Walton has given to the state of Arkansas and in America, for that matter, because it's just an just bringing people in from all over the all over the world. So watching Conway, Arkansas. So for people that my first time through Conway, uh, I'm talking about just the actual growth and and how a town you know goes from a, a certain place and really starts to develop and people and attract people and families to live there. Uh, jobs show up. Conway's grown from the time I remember about six thousand population and it's about seventy five thousand uh, now and. Uh, it is. We're, we have three colleges in Conway, Arkansas. Right. We have the University of Central Arkansas, Hendricks College, and Central Baptist College. And college towns, by its own nature, have a real good chance to grow just because you have the wonderful uh, education, uh, higher education facilities. And so most of the towns in Arkansas that have colleges are really neat. And Conway is one that has three colleges. I mean, that just amazes me you know, to, to get three colleges. I know they're all very different. But yeah, it just seems like it's a catalyst for nothing but growth. I'm Steve Azar. We're with Charles Naples, my father-in-law. Happy Father's Day weekend to everybody. You're in Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. In my mind, in my mind, head to head. Head to head. Mississippi's number one place to talk baseball. Baseball. Baseball, baseball. Weekday afternoons here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are back in a Mississippi Minute. 
all 60 of them. I'm with my father-in-law, my dad, Nab, I call him, so you guys can call him Dad Nab. Okay, so I, so Mississippi, you know, you know the arts, how, how, you know, I always bring it back to Jim Henson and the Muppets, and then everything else expands from there, because the world knows Ernie and Bert, and you know, you know, they know him. And so uh, with our arts, that's sort of who we are to me, you know, the Gulf Coast and Tupelo with Elvis, uh, Buffett on the Gulf Coast and BB and Albert and, and El, you know, everybody, you know, Charlie Pride at Conway Twitty. It never ends. And so great poets, William Alexander Percy, business wise in Arkansas, you got J.B. Hunt, you got Tyson Foods, you got Walmart, you got Axiom, you got Stevens, you got Nabholes, you got it never ends. And and you stay there. That's what I love about you guys is you don't leave we've I, we've had some I'm not gonna mention it some pretty big companies start in my hometown and that went off to some bigger cities and and left us you know and and i think that that was you know you got to do what you got to do but it could have really helped if they stayed in such a big way and when companies grow and get big and they leave home you know it's tough so you see sanderson like sanderson farms they stayed and the town's prospering over around Laurel and all that area. I mean, I just love to see that. And and there's others that have. But what do you attribute? I think it has a lot to do with uh, the pride in, 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 in where you came from. And I think specifically, uh, I know that the that Walmart had was recruited by uh, Dallas and uh, Atlanta and other places to go uh, have their national headquarters there. And, and they 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 said no not only no but heck no this is where we started and we're going to make we're going to make this our world headquarters and they they've invested millions and millions of dollars in in northwest arkansas and the same as for tysons and and uh jb hunt and and stevens and although stevens and little rock is one of the largest uh, brokerage firms west of the mississippi and uh they certainly made their Living in in our company, uh, we do have uh, some regional offices. Uh, we actually we have an office Amazing. in Mississippi, in Alder Branch, Mississippi. Uh, Alder Branch. We started over yeah. there about five years ago, and it's doing well. And so we're in. Uh, we had ten cities in five states, but we uh, our main offices and in, in our corporate offices in Conway, where we started, and we're so proud of the history of our company and and. Uh, of course, I'm just proud that I was the brother of the founder, and I'm just proud my dad let me off the farm to yeah. go to work for my brother. Because <laughs> you burned his cotton. And the route I've taken in my career, and, and so that, it, it's a fascinating story, and I, I just feel lucky to be it. Uh, I'm glad my mom and dad didn't stop having kids at number eleven. Yeah. Oh no, 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 man. I'm 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 more happy than you are about it. Just FYI. So I want people to understand when I talk about how how funny it is for me. Like when I go to Northwest Arkansas, I played. I can't. It was Mount. Was it Mountain Home at Arkansas, or was it Arkansas State at? Uh, it was a. It was a university. Now you built stuff you know buildings oh, you went to mountain home for for that was part of arkansas state university but which arkansas one not, university not with our buddy but which one was the one when i called you in the in the venue was the shield yeah that's at mountain home okay okay so i go there everybody yeah. my listeners to show you and i'm pulling up on this campus and everything looks brand new it's just gorgeous it's really high on top of a mountain and 
I go there and I go, man, this is a beautiful campus. Oh, that's wonderful. And I get in the, into the venue where I'm playing uh, the theater and I said, man, this is gorgeous. He said, yeah, a family built this campus. They're called Nabholes. And I went, <laughs> so I, I let them in on the, well, I'm in my house then because that's my father-in-law and that's his company. <laughs> and so they just freaked out, you know, and I said, well, I can't leave it, I, you know, but it made me feel so at home to know uh, that and it was a great show that night. I remember it and uh, so clearly. And I just think that's remarkable that I go so many places and and they're they're your structures and your buildings and the love that you put behind it uh, is amazing. And you're obviously the awards you've gotten from the state humanitarian accomplishments. Mama Nab getting like she is clean up Arkansas, and uh, I just think that that you're just both the most amazing shining example for our children and uh i know that they enjoy their time with you and i hope you have the most wonderful father's day obviously you've helped mold me and continue to do so and i always want to do right in your eyes that's for sure so i appreciate you taking the time to be with me and happy father's day well thank you so much like i said at the beginning you've made a major major difference in the lives of my wife and our family and major inspiration and 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 what you do and how you do it and the challenges that you've you've uh, overcome and accomplished and like I said you're just a joy uh, to be in our family. Oh, I love and it. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this uh, talk with you and I hope that uh, your listeners uh, enjoy it. Oh, you know they did. And anybody that's got a father that they love, which I hope everybody does, or most of you do, that uh, you'll understand how I feel. Uh, I do want to say that it's amazing how something can start our first meal together. Mom and Nab made uh, chicken enchiladas. I wasn't big with eating onions and stuff at the time. Now I love them. I was pushing everything as far into the plate as I could, trying to make it disappear, and it wasn't. And ever since then, and ever since then, the meals have been spectacular. She noticed, and she served steak to. Any, she said she was serving steak to anybody that anybody brought, any other siblings brought home. And uh, I love hearing that story from her and and spending my time. So give her a big hug and uh, go shoot uh, go shoot sixty eight today on your. Uh, on your father's day well there's always hope there is hope i love you buddy thank you so much and 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 happy father's day to you too steve we're all looking forward to that i'll see you soon okay take care bye i'm steve azar in a mississippi minute all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time it's easier than ever to hear Super Talk anywhere. Now you can get Super Talk Mississippi on Amazon Alexa devices. Just go to supertalk.fm slash Alexa to find out more. For news, politics, sports, and the good things happening in Mississippi, the conversation starts here. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.